I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast for NRL Supercoach Round 23. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today, my first guest on the Q&A potty for the 2023 season, Soccer skipper Matty Ryan. Matty, good to have you back, mate. Yeah, to me, it's a bit of a blast from the past. It's been a while, but uh, good to be back. Well, mate, one of the, the downsides of, when I say downsides, the only downside to moving into studio this year and going onto YouTube and doing all that cool stuff for the podcast is we can't get guests on it unless they are in and around the Sydney area, mate, because you're off gallivanting the world playing, uh, I won't call it soccer because you'll leave the podcast early, playing football. Uh, it's been a bit hard. So we had you on a handful of times the last couple of years, but a bit, bit more difficult now. Yeah, man. I'm always uh, constantly trying to educate you boys and calling my sport football <laughs> and your sport league and rugby league and all that. But uh, uh, all good, obviously. Born and bred Western Sydney, and so I'm, I'm used to I'm used to that mistake, common mistake. But uh, but yeah, mate. No, just yeah. Unfortunately, you can't get on much these days with uh, you boys getting in the studio. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was much. You know, I preferred much more this uh, audio way because of uh, my mug and all that. You know, I've got a, a radio top ahead, so uh, it's nice to at least get on this Q and A potty and uh, can get my my little fix with you boys again. Yeah, you're telling me, mate. Lucky cat cameras aren't on you too much, anyway, mate. Since last time we had you on the show, you've been to a World Cup as the soccer skipper. Not only have you been there, but you took them to. The round of 16, which is an absolutely phenomenal effort, uh, knocked off by eventual World Cup winners, Argentina and Leo Messi. Mate, how was that experience for you in Qatar? Yeah, mate, the the pinnacle, honestly. Um, any experience I've, I've had at a World Cup, is just everything is amplified so much more than, you know, playing any other sort of facet of the game out there. You know, I, I was actually fortunate enough in the build-up to the World Cup to have made my Champions League debut also with uh, with Copenhagen in the league there and obviously another feat achieved and it still doesn't quite compare to yeah, the, that unique feeling and, and environment and occasion of a World Cup and yeah, I mean there's no uh, there's nothing else like it you know the, the whole world basically stops in order to tune in and anywhere you look or turn or listen or whatever it's, it's all about you know that tournament that's going on and um yeah, I mean, obviously what unfolded there as well, um, you know, us achieving history, breaking records, being the only team to have done certain things and, 
you know, on top of that, which I guess is the icing on the cake, is that the reaction from the Australian public, you know, from Australians all over the world, but also back home and, and the footage that we've seen of, you know, Federation Square and, you know, places and sites in Sydney that were, you know, full of people at early hours of the morning and all these types of things. And when you get off the pitch after having a win against Tunisia and Denmark and seeing the reaction from goals and final whistles being blown of, of all the people that were there and that had gathered and, you know, to support us and whatnot, it's, um, yeah, it's a special feeling and, you know, can't really think of another sport or anything that has sort of maybe, you know, united the nation in, in that sense to, you know, create those sorts of scenes, which, uh, which makes it pretty cool. Yeah, it's like when we get to, to the World Cup, even in general, I think, even there's as sport fans who love various different codes, there's always an underlying little competition between, you know, football, rugby league, Aussie rules, all these different sports. But, you know, football, soccer being the one that you're right, when it gets to World Cup, it just unites everyone. Mate, I, I'm a massive sporting nerd and, and football is one of those sports, that being, being soccer. And... Australia, uh, you know, depends who you ask. We're not we're not a minnow nation of the footballing world. We've proven that in in copious different World Cups, but we certainly don't go into World Cups fancied, and we often have to to do it do the hard yards to get through the qualification phase to get through to the World Cup finals. Every time we get through to the World Cup finals, and we have done so since two thousand six, that Timmy Cahill, Harry Cure, that unbelievable era, uh, the famous win over Japan. Every time we get there, we perform unbelievably, and the 2022 World Cup in Qatar is no different. How? Do, why do we step up? Why do the Socceroos go so well at World Cup and international level? I think for me in professional sport, the the biggest aspect is around the mentality side of it. I feel, and um, yeah, I mean, with all due respect to us as a nation. You know, on a on a te- on a technical level, where you know, not not on par with some of the obviously best nations out there in the world, that you know, through their obviously youth and academies and all this through these other countries, um, you know, f- football soccer is the biggest sport in these countries, and you know, the the access that they have to all the coaching and you know, technical work from such a young age and and whatnot. Um, is just embedded in every kid that grows up in, in these places. And, um, and and I think that really shows, you know, that, yeah, these kids on, on a technical level from these European, South American nations and, and all that, you know, they're, they're much more advanced very early on um, being exposed to all of that. But I think, like I said, what it is for us is, is the camaraderie, the togetherness, that Australian culture that really – um, is portrayed when we get to these tournaments and, and going out there and giving it a crack no matter how big the challenge is. And, you know, to do that in such a united way, I mean, I know for sure that's been our, you know, our backbone as a national team, you know, our team identity and, and what we try and, you know, base ourselves off is, is when we go out there, you know, we go out there together, have a no fear for the opposition. And we know that if we can take the game to them and get in their face and be physical and, uh, really take it to them in that aspect and don't take a backward step. Um, you know, we know we can go and give things a real shake-up and you know, I think we proved that once again. You know, the, the boys, like I said, compared to our golden generation a few years back with the, the quality that we had then and, and the likes of the guys where they were playing for their clubs, you know, in, in all pretty big European leagues and, and clubs, you know, we didn't have that, you know, this time around. Um, you know, we had obviously a lot of boys in the A-League and, 
other boys in perhaps lower leagues all throughout Europe. But, you know, we obviously were aware of what we were and, and what we had and, you know, what our strengths and, and weaknesses were. And we obviously tried to hone in on them and, um, you know, make sure that we had what we needed in the right place and, and the right time and focused on those things. And, you know, we, we went out there and took it to the opposition. And like I said, that togetherness, having each other's backs out there, I feel is the cornerstone to any sort of success that we have. And I felt like we did a real good job at, um, at doing that come uh, that World Cup, obviously back in, back in November, December. Yeah, love that, mate. As you said, different probably category of players or class of players based around where they're playing, the levels, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to two two oh six to two thousand six, I should say, but the result, you know, arguably some would say better than them, and, and reaching the same stage of the World Cup, mate. On to NRL Supercoach, and I don't know how we've timed it this way, but I've been beating you since about round five or six or so, quite comfortably, and you've absolutely come out swinging the last. Four to five weeks in particular. I don't know. I don't believe you've knocked me off in Supercoach in the past, but we were speaking last week and we were on dead even points overall. And then in round twenty-two, you managed to nip just past me. So you're going all right. Tell us about your side. Yeah, mate. Um, I think you published one of the articles last week and you, you said you're ranking all that in it, and the numbers sounded. Yeah, oddly familiar. So I went and logged in and had a look, and yeah, we were we we're on the the exact same rank, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, I think I, I pipped you last week to to go. I don't know, forty or fifty points odd in in, in front of you, and yeah, no, I'm, I mean, listening to to Desi, and it's been a bit of a recurring theme on on the potties or whoever I've spoken to. Like I'm the same in that I've been hovering around about that five thousand mark or all season, you know, hard to really make a lot of ground. But at the same time, I'm not really having a, a real down week or anything like that. Um, so my sides is set up really well. I've got a lot of um, a lot of depth, I feel. And, yeah, my headaches, are, I guess, my sits and starts each week a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there's a certain, um, yeah, headgear running around at Newcastle that I've uh, decided to antipod, I think, much like yourself at the minute, and uh, that's not paying dividend, and it's a scary watch each week. So I'm um, contemplating, do I move heaven and earth with uh, my four trades I have left in, in order to try get him in, or, yeah, um, that's that's what I'm contemplating at the minute. Yeah, the less said about that certain, certain headgear around the hunter, the better on this podcast. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a question we can dodge because we're both non-owners. And, and to be honest, you, you dodging the podcast this season, in particular the last six weeks, I've been copying a barrage from Darusi and Ad, Ad Desi and the Spy and everyone about not having Caelan Ponga. So you're in a good place over there in Europe. Yeah. Mate, we'll, we'll talk about that little bugger later on, but let's get stuck into a few questions for the Round 23 podcast. First question from Russ B. Hey, champions. Tim Williams and Maddie. last reserve between Isaiah Papali'i versus the Raiders and Torhu Harris versus the Titans. Look, I like Isaiah Papali'i in this one. Let's have a look as well. So he'll be playing left edge going at the Raiders' right edge. That will be Jamal Fogarty, a good defender. But when you're comparing the other half of Jack White, who's probably you know one of the best defensive halves in the competition, Probably the better matchup there. The Raiders pretty leaky the last couple of weeks. Torhu Harris, my issue with is just because the Warriors have such a good run home, a pretty soft draw with his body seemingly giving away, giving away each and every week. 
He's just the prime candidate for an early rest. So if they do get leads in some of these games, you could get them. So I'm going Isaiah Papali'i. Maddie, what about you, IPAP or Tohu? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a Tohu owner, like uh, I guess the majority of players out there. I'm just giving Papali'i's stats up there. I mean, his, his scores, I mean, I just had a quick look at Tohu's as well. And I mean, Tohu's had a little bit of a higher ceiling than IPAP this season. And you know, I think... Tohu's every chance of maybe jagging an attacking stat with yeah. you know the this game against the Titans and obviously his run home as well. But um, I think I'd be going Tohu based on that with um, the red hot form that the Warriors are in and yeah, just obviously Tigers. We all know what their form's been like the last you know couple of years now, unfortunately. And yeah, he he obviously hasn't been in the thick of it. And I think he even scored a try last week. It might have been was it off a kick without a line break? Was it? Or was it like that? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so, I mean, and he only scored, I think, in the mid-50s, wasn't it? In the end? Yeah, yeah tough so, uh, I think I'm going to stick with Tohu. I know he had the, I think he had the illness or whatever the last couple of weeks and his minutes have been a bit funny, but um, yeah, that, that worries you. I'm hoping he can get in on the mix. How about you, mate? You, you jumped me for one week and we're one question in and you're already going against me. <laughs> man, I'm a change Confidence. I've learned. I used to be uh, a little bit more naive and just going with whatever you said and all this, but I'm trying to yeah. spend my own way a little bit as well. So, Yeah. I gave you a couple of dodgy bits of advice earlier in the year and you've seemingly ditched me, <laughs> so I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question from Sam. Says, asks, need to play one centre wing out of Taruva, Ramian, Molitalo, or Billy Smith. Cheers. Really tough one. You, you could obviously make an argument for a lot of them. There's a bit of a luck of the draw involved in all of that. But for me, I would be playing Jesse Ramian. I am an owner of Ramian and Molitalo, which I'm not thrilled about. Jesse Ramian, I actually don't mind. He's been going pretty well. He's served a good, a good job for me so far since buying him about round 19 for that the major buy round. And last week was that match up against Penrith, and he's still notched 41, which is hardly terrible in a 28-0 loss. I think Ramian this week, I don't mind. He's coming up against uh, Isaiah Tass and that edge of Cody Walker, which I don't mind. So I'd much prefer it than going up against Campbell Graham, who's an absolute beast. So I actually don't mind Jesse Ramian there. Maddie, which way would you lean? Yeah, I think you're right there, Timmy. Um I think he's probably the safest playing, perhaps because he's got the, the biggest base out of all of them. Uh, his floor isn't as low as the other guys. So, like you touched on there, you know, a down a down game, you probably can still maybe notch a 40 or, or mid-30s, whereas the other boys, I think a down game for them, you could be uh, around the, the low 20s or even in the, you know, the teens or, or whatnot. So, uh, probably, yeah, I'd say I, I'd agree with you there with Jesse Ramian. Yeah, only averaging 54 this season, Ramian, but did start slow outside of the 120 against the Dragons. But look, he's not scoring that well, but his base of 32 plus offloads, tackle bust, his floor, as you said, Maddie, is really solid. Like, I know this isn't world beating by any means, but he hasn't scored under 30 all season. He hasn't scored under 40 for a fair while, uh, despite not, you know, too, too many attacking stats. So don't mind him. Next question is from Maxi Bride and hosted while I was off a few weeks ago, one of the great men. Any reason for reduced minutes for Big Red, Corey Horsburgh, last week? Any concerns over him moving forward? I don't think so, mate. I think that the Red Dogs just had a really big season. He's been playing anywhere from 60 to 80 and more so that 70 to 80 mark just about all year. 
They had 47 last week, didn't get sort of the back end of the game. And uh, I think Ricky just went, look, this game's dead and buried. We're not winning it. Took that opportunity to give him a, a bit of a spell there. So I wouldn't be too concerned with Corey Hall as well. Next question from BS. Can you rank front row forward? Obviously, Hass and Tino are one and two, but who is next? He says, Torhu, Tarpany and Horsburgh. I think for me, Joe Tarpany is just very reliable. Look, there's not a lot at all between him and, and Big Red Corey Horsburgh. I mentioned before with Torhu, just because of the run, he's quite soft. The Warriors are well-placed. If they do string some wins up, they could lock in that top four spot, whether he gets a rest or whether he gets reduced minutes. Injuries always a concern as well. The Raiders will be playing for a top six spot, you feel, until round 27. So I think they're guaranteed big minutes. Joe Tarpin for me, Corey Hawes for two, Torhu three. Who do you like, Matty? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. It's hard to split Tarpany and Horsburgh, I feel. I think Horsburgh's perhaps had a few more attacking stats than Tarpany this year, I think. Maybe crossed the line or got an assist here and there, more than what Big Taps has. But, uh, yeah, the same order as you. I've got the same queries or worries a little bit with, with Tovu as well, even though obviously I you know, chose to, to play him over the, the first question that we had there. But, uh, yeah, in, in that order, I'd, I'd agree with you. Yeah, and, and if you own uh, Tohu Harris, I don't think he's a drama, particularly you mentioned before, Matty, that he did, he had been a bit crook uh, at least one of the last two weeks, potentially both of them. So fine to hold, but I just if we're looking, I wouldn't be rushing to bring him in. Next question from Benny Brock asks, Cody Walker, Dallin Wateni Zelezniak or Charms Nickel Crookstad for Valentine Holmes? Positions all covered regardless. That is a great question. All terrific options. I am a Cody Walker owner. Look, I'm going Cody Walker. The fact that he's in a key position, a key attacking piece of the puzzle for the Bunnies, I just think with their run home, despite having a buy in round 26, he's got some big scores in him to come. I generally don't think you go wrong whichever way you go here, but Dallin does have low scores in him. I think Walker's got a higher ceiling than Chan, so I'd be going Cody Walker. Matty, I'll get your thoughts. And while we're here, let's also cover Dallin Wateni's Lesniak v. Chan's Nickel Crookstab because there are a lot of people asking that question this week. On the Playbook Potty on Tuesday night, we we had this come up, and uh, Desi was mentioning that he and Walsh were chatting about this earlier in the week, and we went through the correlation between when Dallin goes, goes big how does Chance go? Because Chance sets up a hell of a lot of his tries with those sweeping plays. Just about every time Dallin went big, so did Chance. So, I mean, firstly, mate, Walker, DWZ and Chance, who would you go first? And then secondly, who do you prefer out of Dallin or CNK? I might answer the question already. Tough question. I mean, I guess the best way to answer it is looking at my own team. And at the minute, I've got Cody Walker in there and I brought him in. Uh, I brought him in last week, actually. Obviously, I know the Warriors were on the buyer, so if they weren't on the buyer, then maybe would have been a little bit of a of a tougher decision. But uh, like you said, um, you know, Cody, I think he's had four tons this season as it is, and yeah, with that that draw as well, um, yeah, he's, he's very hard to pass up on. And I'm a little bit like Desi as well. I've I've loaded up on the Bunnies players. I think I've got five in my team at the minute, so I'm I'm counting them. I've gone hard too, yeah. so we we need better than what they dished out last week. Yeah, exactly. Weekend. So I'm hoping for a big run there. But I'm actually that's one of my um, conundrums for this week. You know, whether I'm going KP or getting in 
either DWZ or or CNK, you know, nickel quads So, yeah. um, I mean, things have probably have already been said. I mean, obviously, you know, Dallin, he's he's got probably the the lower floor in that sense. Um, obviously, Chance, he's he's got more runs, tackle bus, offloads, and all that in him. Um, so he's safer in that sense. But I guess it depends on your rank and where you're at and how how big a a pod player you want to go. Um, I heard you talking last night on the pod on the potty that um, Chance is a, a lot more uh, highly owned than, than DWZ. So, um, but yeah, and then you obviously you you were talking about the scores between the two and they're very, they're very similar in the games where, you know, they've put scores on. So, you know, maybe in, in that sense, it's not, it's not a bad thing going DWZ and just hope that he can bag a couple of these games where he can score a hat-trick or maybe even four tries or something like he, he done earlier in the season and, can yeah be a, a real big pod play? So, uh, carrying on from that, sorry, there's, there's a couple of little dropouts with Maddie coming from across the other side of the world. So, if anything doesn't add up here in my editing, uh, blame it on my editing. But, yeah, uh, well, I think going back to the overall chat there, Maddie, with Chance VDWK, if you're going overall based, I'm with you. I think that the safe play being Chance, but, it, like, if you're sitting where we are, it's sort of five 6,000 overall, you can go DWZ coming into this week at about 4% and make up some serious ground, or you can go Chance, who after this week could be about 7 5% ownership and really not change too much. So I'm leaning towards DWZ of the two. Question from Blair J. You mentioned trading Manu is a luxury trade. My only way to Latrell is to downgrade Manu to DWZ to allow me to go Walsh up to Trell. Six trades left, 115K in the bank before trades this week. Good play, question mark. Happy with the rest of my team can hold the remaining four trades. Rate it, yeah. So obviously it's very tight that the money you need to go from Walsh up to Trell. Manu to DWZ is only going to bank you, what, about 15, 20 odd K. Look, Manu to DWZs, it, it is sideways, but there is upside to DWZ. So normally I'd say no, but if that is getting you from Walsh to Trell, then I rate that trade. Next question from Mitch. First trade is Val. This is tying in from the second one. First trade is Val to Trell. That's giving. That's leaving with four trades left. Is it crazy to do Manu to DWZ? So, Maddie, I'll throw that to you, mate. I've had my say on Manu to Dallin. In Mitch's situation, he's got four trades left. Would you be going Manu to DWZ? Well, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I'm really struggling to find someone from my CT dub to trade out also if I'm going to be going, mm. you know, the same avenue. Um, you know, I've got I've got Kiraz and Manu in my team and they're probably the only two candidates I'd look at going. I mean, you could maybe throw Garrick in there, but, you know, mm. Garrick with a goal kick, and I don't think I can. Um, the bunnies draw uh, – sorry, the, the roosters draw on the way home isn't – isn't too bad either. And, you know, Desi said last night as well, and I looked at Manu's scores after his 18 at the weekend, thinking that he had done poorly, but his scores the last six, seven weeks or so have been, you know, pretty good. So um, I think I, I don't think I can do Manu to DWZ, to be honest. Um, you know, Manu's a, a proven gun, and, you know, like I said, he's been in good form bar last week. So I back him bouncing back. I think. You know, the, the thing for me is that Kiraz has also found some form of late, even though he hasn't really had attacking stats since he's moved to, I think it's right centre now. You know, the runs, the, off, the offloads, the tackle bus and all that are right up there. And, um, you know, if you can jag a try or two, and I think the doggies run home 
They're, I don't think their draw is too bad either. It's so. good. They've got to buy. I'm just looking at Kiraz. Buy this week, then goes Newcastle Raiders, Manly Titans. Yeah, so, so I mean, he could almost do a similar job to what DWZ, like, providing DWZ doesn't go the three or four tries in a game and, and goes at 150-60. So, man, I'm in the same boat, but um, I, I think it's a it's a personal decision, to be honest. I might sit on the fence on this one, but uh, it's not clear in my own mind. Kiraz is an interesting one, isn't he? I was about to say when you mentioned him, like, go him up to Dallin. Yeah. I still like the trade, but far out, hasn't he turned a corner? Like, I knew he'd come good, but I hadn't looked in detail at his numbers. Three-round average of 69, hasn't scored in that time, as you said. Basing those three games of 37-43 against Penrith and 36 so then you add in his power base, his offloads and his tackle bus, he's it's back what he was doing at the start of the season, wasn't it? Minus any attacking stats, really. Yeah, I, th- I think he might have crossed for one try in one of those games. And no, that was four games ago against the Bunnies. Oh, was it? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you go back to the start of the season and once, when he was crunching these numbers, everyone was talking about him perhaps being the highest scoring CT dub yeah. all year. and. I brought him back in around once he came back after his injury. You know, I brought him back in early for a Titans matchup, and he, he didn't do too well, and he didn't really do the do well the next five weeks following. But I was staying strong and staying stubborn, and, and not trading him out. And I was probably thinking about trading him out two or three weeks ago, but that's when he, he made that shift to center, and now he's been punching out these numbers. So I think he's a nice little pod there for me, and I might I think I might just hold on to him. Next question from Jonathan, a simple one. Play Ruben Garrick or Jermaine Asako? Now, what have we got? Garrick up against the Roosters. That's a pretty decent matchup at the SCG, the way the Roosters have been going. Thursday night curse is not ideal. The Dolphins this week have got the Knights over in Perth. Just be, The Knights have got the fifth best defensive record in the NRL, which stunned me when I heard that on Monday. Because of that, I would go Ruben Garrick. Who would you play, Matty? Yeah, I mean, I'm very much someone who, who looks at form. And, yeah, I mean, the Roosters, they just haven't been there this year, leaking points and all that also. And, mate, like you say, I mean, it stuns me as well, the fifth best defensive record the Knights haven't. And plus, on top of that, they're in, you know, they're on fire. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I would stick to playing Ruben uh, Ruben Garrick and yeah, probably sitting Jermaine Saka just because of that. Good problem to have, though, to be fair. So yeah. Next question, another one from Maxi Bryden asks, a question for Matty Ryan. Is it worth wavering on the draft for Sam Kerr or are you worried about the calf? <laughs> oh, Top question, Maxie. <laughs> Mate, from international skipper to skipper, surely you've got an exclusive insight into the, into the women's <laughs> world cup. Uh, man, time and time again, she produces for our country and uh, I'm backing that it's going to be no different this time around. So, yeah, you can uh, get get her into your teams if you're, if you're able to, for sure. Mate, uh, on the Matildas, while we uh, do have the question, obviously going in the World Cup at the moment, an unbelievable 4-0 win over Canada. I believe the gold medalists at the Olympics, sixth in the world to go through to the next stage and top their group at the same time. How important is Sammy Kerr to this group? Because 
she's been right up there with the, the women's Ballon d'Or the last couple of years. Absolute freak. How big will her hopefully inclusion be for them? How far can they go? Yeah, mate, the, the proof is in the pudding. You just watch or see every time she's obviously donned that jersey and been out there and the special things she does and, you know, the impact and influence she has on the, you know, the players around her and I think also on the opposition that come up against her. They know that when she's out there and, you know, she's on that, you know, on that field that, you know, she's she's making the opposition defences tremble and and whatnot um, because obviously what she possesses as a player. So, you know, what an inclusion she's going to be. It was nice that we didn't have to uh, perhaps potentially have rushed her back in the last game because we were obviously desperate or whatnot with how that result panned out in the end. So it was nice that she gets, you know, another, you know, four, five, six days under her belt um, to help that recover even more and, I think it's now uh, Denmark who they're going to be facing. So, um, fingers crossed, you know, whatever capacity that she's um, going to be needed, that, you know, she'll be there to, you know, to be available and be able to help the team uh, continue rolling on uh, through the tournament. Yeah, good luck to the Matildas going through to that next stage. Uh, Sammy Kerr, let's fingers crossed she's in there. She should get her own for the, the Kuma Tigers Reggies. I tell you what, superstar. I love that woman. Guys on board with Sequel this season, Gareth and his team. If you're sitting out there doing a little bit tough with your punting, struggling to stay in control, but reach out to them uh, and get help. I know that he's had a stack of SC playbook listeners uh, that have been finding it a little bit tough with their punting, reaching out to him and getting help, and not just making the one call, but they've stayed on, having yarns to him. He had one during the week, but we had a chat with Gareth last week on the podcast and one of the people that came through to him mentioned that he'd been listening to this uh, Q&A podcast for six to eight weeks, listening to that, and had done exactly what I'd mentioned. He'd listened and he, he wanted to reach out. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He made the call last week after the interview. He spoke with Gareth and he said uh, it was one of the best things, best decisions he's ever made. So uh, if you're in that boat, don't hesitate. Make the call and take that step. To do so, you can phone them on 02 4013 or hit them up on Instagram at Seekle Gambling. That is C-E-C-A-L. All right, Maddie. next question from Homer, the one of the, the stalwarts of the SC Playbook WhatsApp chat. It says, Tim and Maddie, would you burn your last two trades to nuff out a player and upgrade Muli Talo to Marju? It's a must-win head-to-head, so trades are pointless next week. I mean, look, if it's a must-win... It... <laughs> It's tough. It's tough without context of the, the full team there. Like, if you've got, say, a pretty weak 17th player in your side and you can have Greg Marju instead, then absolutely. If you're sitting a gun to do it, which by this stage of the season, you very well may be. I mean, that trade will come in so, so handy for you next week if you go through. So, look, I'd lean towards no, but, mate, one thing is the Dolphins and the Knights don't play until Saturday at 530 so that's the fifth game of the round. I'd imagine by that point you'd have a rough idea how you're placed if you're favourite, if you're not the favourite when you clash. If you're looking like the underdog, the odds are blown out against you. Make that trade 100%. If you're sitting pretty comfortably, I'd hold off on the trade. Maddie, what do you reckon on it, mate? Obviously, Holmes obviously finished in a fifth to eighth position. He's in a knockout final. Is it a case of there might not be a tomorrow, so make the trade, or do you be a little bit hesitant with it? Yeah, I think you took the the right approach there. Um, yeah, come come that game Saturday, if uh, yeah, if he's looking like he 
he's going to get the win convincingly, then perhaps he can hold off on it. But for me, you don't want any regrets, you know. And he's obviously, from what he's explained there, you know, every, this is his big grand final week and he wants to continue. So if there's any inkling of doubt that he might not get over the line, you know, you don't want to then sit there and wonder what if. So go ahead and, and pull the trigger, I'd say. Mate, we've had a question come through from one of the great Supercoach dribblers. It is the SC Spy. Looking to rekindle the old rivalry with Matty Ryan. And, and the Spy... Got a long I'm way surprised to go. I'm still surprised the Spy is still playing in 80,000th overall and out of all these head-to-head clutches. I shouldn't say that. He's, he's, got, he, he's on a bit of a climb, the Spy. I know he lets you know about it every week. He is coming good, but he's still got some work to do. Anyway, he said, Tim and Matty... Is the pressure of the Spies' recent form affecting affecting your own squad preparations and game day composure? Hashtag close finish coming. Mate, I'll throw to you. What do you got? Um, I'm glad to hear that he's finally got his head out of those Kleenex boxes every week. You know, the, the tears that have been uh, coming down his face after, you know, heartbreak after heartbreak each week, it seems. You know, something going wrong for him. I think Lemuelu. He let you know about it as well. Yeah, he does. Lemuelu, I think, was the most recent one. But, uh yeah, like I said, I think he had a good week going fourteen hundred or whatnot. But uh, yeah, nah, mate, I'm uh, I'm just like always. I'm looking ahead. I'm ne- I'm never looking behind. So it's been quite a long time since uh, I've seen Spy's name sort of surface up there in front of me. So uh, I'm enjoying where I am, uh, having him behind me. Spy, we're not, we're not looking at the top ten k, mate. We're looking at the top one k. So we'll, we'll talk to you if you can follow us up there. <laughs> Right, guys, a few rapid-fire questions to wrap it up before we get to our trade skippers sit-v starts for the week. Uh, it is from Brett. Asks, Nico Hines and James Tedesco out. Munster and Sean Johnson in via Ponga moving to fullback. I don't think so. I can get rid of two guns there for two other guns. I think they're pretty sideways trades. Even if you argue that maybe Munster and SJ have some better matchups and they could outscore them a little bit on the run home, for the sake of two trades, I'm going with no. Next question from Perko. Hey, mate, I'm tossing up Asako to Chans or Marju, or the other trade he could do is Taruva to Dom Young. Probably the one that we're all... People looking at Gagai and Marju, who was just mentioned, but Dom Young we haven't looked into. People that we're, we're overlooking a little bit. What would you do there? Yeah, I don't mind the Taruva to Dom Young trade, to be honest. Um, I think uh, it might have been last season where Dom Young scored five tries in a game or something as well. Yeah, yeah. From memory. And like I said, that Knights draw and the way they're playing, um, you know, I don't think there's any reason why not that Dom Young couldn't do what a, you know, DWZ, you know, would do with the Warriors. So uh, I know obviously the Newcastle are a bit more dependent going left. You know, with Ponga lining up more on the left, more so than the right. But I think over the last few weeks, I think Marju and, and Dom Young have almost scored identical amount of tries or attacking stats. And I think, isn't Dom Young the leading NRL try scorer at the minute? Is that right? I think he is. Or he's right up there anyway. So, right, he's right up there. Yeah, I mean, I think Taruva's been on a bit of a slide and leaking cash as it is. So, um, and... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind going to play there on um, on Dom Young, I'd say. Yep, I'm with you also there. I think he, the fact you can get rid of Taruva and hold a Sarko, like I'd have Dom Young probably third out of CNK and Marju, but the fact you can hold a Sarko, who's got a great run home, yeah. go for that. Uh, Maddie, let's talk about our trades and skippers for the run home. Mate, 
they're very similar. We've timed this well. Uh, we're both non-Kalen Ponga owners, and it's become it's unbearable. I can't watch Newcastle at the moment. It sucks. So I think I'm going to bite the bullet and get him. He's over a million dollars, but Darusi mentioned it on the podcast on Tuesday night that swallow the pride and get him in because while while he might not help us non-owners make up ground because everyone owns him, he can sure as hell send us tumbling a long way south if we don't. So I think I'm going to go with Kalen Ponga in for James Tedesco and then I'm going to get rid of Tyrone Peachy to enough. At this stage, it'll be Jack Howarth with his dual CT dub 2RF. Next week, I'm very close to going in one trade Jesse Ramian to Dallin with Tennis or Lesniak, pending how that game plays out, their two respective games play out. I'm hoping Ramian can go sort of 60, 70 plus and, and earn a bit of cash, and I should be able to do that, but it'll be tight. Maddie, what are you thinking, mate? Oh. Are you going to bite the bullet with me and pay up? I'm surprised to hear you say that because, yeah, you're a pretty stubborn man, I know, when it comes to charity and, and whatnot. And obviously, we all know that uh, infamous Ponga situation for you last season and whatnot. Yeah, thanks, um, thanks for that, mate. Maybe, yeah, when I look at my team, like I said, my I haven't really got anyone jumping out in my CT dub to trade out. Um, and the only avenue I see is, yeah, doing a Tedesco trade to then either, because I think both Dallin and, and Chance, I think they're both dual, aren't they, with fullback and CT dub? So the only, well, I mean, I don't know, I can't really believe I'm saying it also, like trading Tedesco is obviously over. I mean, this year he's been a bit of a down year, but recently he's been in pretty good form. And with the Roosters run home, it sucks yeah. to say it, doesn't it? And yeah, I mean, I've got four, so I've got four trades left, and the only way I could sort of see myself doing it is yeah, if I'm doing a Tedesco, and then maybe I enough out Piacura as well, who's probably far from a trade as well. But you know, I'm looking at my team. <laughs> I don't really see any other avenues in in, in how to do it. So. Um. Yeah. Even Pierre Cura's got that, as you said, he's got a negative four break even. Yeah. So while break even's done everything at this time of year, you could also in a few weeks' time for the last couple of rounds after that Bronco, oh, probably for the Broncos buy, be trading him at maybe four fifty, five hundred k, hopefully five hundred k for someone decent. So it makes it him tough, doesn't it? Maybe I feel like I'm in a real similar scenario to Antipod and Latrell last year, and. On, on the run home and I was just waiting for him to have that down week or whatever and it never came and I'm doing the exact same with Ponga at the minute and it, it's it's not coming at the minute, you know. And, you know, do I try and go down the path of, oh, yeah, the Knights, they've got to fly over to – because the game's in Perth this week, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, do I think – you know, I'm trying to think of my days when I played for the Mariners, you know, when we had to do the trip to Perth if we didn't play as well and all this, you know. And the, How'd you perform, mate? Yeah, the, the added travel and all these types of things. But – I'm, I'm I'm sort of clutching at straws as to find reasons to not get him in, but yeah, I mean, like I said, that Tedesco trade, you could do it to either, yeah, you know, I could I could go to CNK or D, DWZ, you know, in one trade only, but if I want to go Ponga, I'm going to have to try and get yeah. some extra cash to get him in, so that's going to be another trade. Your depth, depth is quite good though, hey? What was that, sorry? Your depth is quite good. Yeah, my depth is good. It's It's, it's strong, you know, so... So that, like, that helps a lot. Like, yes, you'll only have two trades left, not ideal, but 
yeah. he can cover things pretty well late in the season if, if drama does unfold. Yeah, I think because uh, a couple of weeks ago I, I ended up going Marju to get him in instead of Ponga, and that was the route I went in order to cover myself against Ponga in case he was going, mm. you know, somewhat, you know. And marshy has been obviously a decent trading without sort of going too too big, but he's been more than solid, you know. But ah man, that's that's where I'm at. I'm still I'm still undecided. I was probably going to have a listen to you and the guru as well, you know, and, and see what uh, you know the, the latest chat was um, on on that. Front. See, see, that's where like I never stack my side up to other people's and say, I need to beat this person or this person or like, I need to offset this by this. You know, I'm an overall focused player. I don't care about really? who I'm coming up against. The guru, after knocking me off by about 30 positions last year, has become an exception <laughs> and he owns Ponga. So I'm like, he could single-handedly win guru our head-to-head for the rest of the season if I don't match him. So that, I'll be honest, that has played into it a little bit. Yeah. What what would you so would your other option if you don't do Ponga would it just be a straight would you be looking to just go straight into some like Charms or DWZ? Yeah, the re- the rest of my squad is set up like great. So the only thing viable thing I see, I guess, you know, would be doing Teddy to you know either Charms or DWZ, or I guess it would be doing Kiraz. I mean, in my CT dubs, I've got Marju, Garrick, Alex Johnson, Joey Manu, Brian Toto, Kiraz, and Munro. Yeah, it's good. It's good CT dubs. Right? Uh, and then, yeah, you know my my two RS I got Fafita, Nakora, Murray, Pia Kuda. I, I held Eli Katoa, and I've got Tohu Harris in there at the minute. Uh, I mean, you've played the depth game, mate. You've been listening wisely to the podcast. Yeah, I have been. So I'm, I'm set up really well. But you know, like I said, Teddy, Teddy could. He could do just as well as either any of these blokes, you know, on the run home with his draw as well. So do I just do I save the trades this week? And uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm in a bit of a conundrum to be honest. So the other thing that you've got on me and why I feel the need to is that I oh, it's killing me. I don't own Marju either. Yeah. So when them two go ham together at such high ownership, like that can just wreck me. Yeah. Like, I need one of them at least. I know Pong was substantially higher uh, price, but. I kind of wonder, at least in your boat is, as you said, it was a good move in getting Marju because it has somewhat offset not owning Ponga for you. Yeah. So you are, in the one trade less, you are placed a little bit differently to me. Yeah. But I think it's going to be something that I'm going to decide perhaps once the round's already started and see how the round's going and then how how big those butterflies are or the nerves are come that, that Newcastle game in, in the, in the build-up. So... Although I'm hopefully, yeah, ho- yeah. Hopefully, Pong stubs his toe going to the toilet in the middle of the night or something. Gets ruled out for five weeks. <laughs> comes comes back once the Knights have made the finals and kills it in week one of the finals. <laughs> toe intact. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be nice. I mean, you never want to wish injury upon anyone, but uh, yeah. <laughs> stub toe will be right. Stub toe's not going to yeah, back too bad, far. Yeah. Uh, and mate, what about your skippers this week? Uh, I've currently got it on uh, Latrell. Uh, against the Sharkies, but yeah, not yeah. Someone isn't really standing out too much. Um, I guess if Ponga comes in, then he could well be the skipper as well. But then I couldn't obviously then I'd be because I'd, I'd be bringing Ponga in at, at fullback. So and that's a tough one. I'd probably I'd probably go for if I brought Ponga in, I'd probably go him over Latrell to be honest. Um, mm. As a skipper, and I'd maybe 
with my matchup, a VC. Maybe I'd go a VC on Sean Johnson or something like that. I'll rate that. Yeah. I might, um, so you're running, you're running Cleary and SJ? Yeah, I've got Cleary and SJ at the minute. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing as well. Hopefully... SJ's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, hopefully SJ, if, if I don't get in CNK or, or DWZ, at least hopefully it's... SJ throwing the cutout board to DWZ to get over the line instead of sweeping out the back to CNK, you know, and, and that way he's getting the try assist and whatnot, you know. So um, yeah, I ended up um, I ended up trading out um, Heinz for Cleary two weeks ago for that doggies game, and it's proved to, to be a pretty good decision until now. But uh, it could it could change. Yeah, uh, so far so good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, think I, right. I think I'm going to go VC SJ and the C on. Um, Latrell as my team currently stands or I might just keep the VC on, on Cleary and, and the C on Latrell Like it mate for the Kuma Stallions VC on Nathan Cleary C will be Kalen Ponga provided he comes into the team which uh, I think I've, I've made my mind up uh, Ponga's going to take me to the promised land of telling you up Matty if nothing else <laughs> whenever else owns him at least I'll tell you up when he averages 200 on the run home Well you, you talk like obviously I play overall like, I play overall also, but in terms of, you know, the head-to-head, you know, that would mean that you inspire both own Ponga and I don't, you know. So, there could be ground made up there. I uh, I might um, I might matches on it so um, I can sort of stem the, you know, stem that, that flow a little bit of you boys reeling me in. So. Okay. KP scaring everyone off, mate. The main thing is we both beat the spy. Hey, Matty, we'll wrap that up yeah. for the SCP question and answer podcast for the week. Thanks very much for coming on and good luck for the rest of the season. Well, I shouldn't say the rest of the season. You haven't started yet. You're starting in a couple of weeks. AZ Alkmaar over in the, the Dutch League. Good luck, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's been, it's been great uh, getting my Supercoach fixed with you boys again. And, uh, yeah, look forward to the end of the season and the run home and uh, see how we all finish up. Beauty, mate. Cheers, guys. Good luck this weekend.